What is up, everyone? It's Joey, and welcome to episode two of The Joe and Joey Show. Now, if you're new to the show, welcome and thank you for listening. The way the show works is we're going to have three topics each episode, and we're going to discuss and debate those topics. And the topics are going to be mainly about sports and daily news and whatever we think about or whatever we want to talk about. So when you tune into the show, we are mainly going to be speaking about sports and daily news, like I was saying. And if you want to see the full episodes and the video version of the show and watch us in person, you can go watch them on our YouTube channel at The Joe and Joey Show. Lastly, make sure to follow us on our social media platform on Instagram at The Joe and Joey Show. And let's just get right into it. So what's up, man? What's up, Joey? How you doing? I'm good, brother. Finally got our first podcast episode done yesterday. Yeah, it's exciting. We've just so you guys know, we've put a lot of time, effort into this. So we're really happy to bring it to you. And I'm ready. Let's yeah, get into it, it. it's so much fun, you know, like just uh, talking about what we really enjoy talking about sports and daily news. And, you know, to broadcast it live to you guys, we think we have some good information to share. So absolutely. You know, it was awesome to get the first one out. We're pumped to just keep moving the show forward. So we're just going to get right into it. So headline number one reads, Jalen Ramsey is officially a Miami Dolphin. The trade comes after the Los Angeles Rams trade Jalen Ramsey to the Dolphins for a third round pick, number 77 overall, and tight end Hunter Long. The trade will be processed Wednesday when the 2023 League year officially begins. Ramsey has three years left on his contract, and the Dolphins have agreed to guarantee the next two seasons of Ramsey's deal. So, Joe, if you're grading the Dolphins on an ABCD scale, what do you give the Miami Dolphins for acquiring Jalen Ramsey? I give him an A. I think it's exactly what we needed. You know, the more I think about it, still processing it, you know, just the trade just happened yesterday. Um, and I think one thing that people might not realize right away what Jalen Ramsey is going to bring to the team is physicality and toughness. Um, big corner, physical, tough, can come up and make tackles. Um, you know, that's something we kind of lacked last year. Um, I remember you and, and a lot of other people calling the Dolphins flat out soft on the defense. You know, the defense did step up in the playoffs and create some turnovers, but I think this is going to be huge for us. I think we're adding a leader, a Super Bowl champion to the roster that's still in his prime athletic years, you know, 28, 29 years old, not even touching 30 yet. You know, Xavier Howard's in that same boat. Um, both of them were a little banged up, and both of them do get beat over the top with speed. But I think with our new defensive coordinator, Vic Fangio, he's going to put them in the right position, um, hopefully – you know, playing a little bit of press man, a little bit more, but I know it's going to be a lot of zone two, like cover three and cover two. So I'm excited to see what the, the team's going to look like this year. Yeah, I'm definitely excited about this move. I give the Dolphins a letter grade of an A because, you know, the Dolphins are making moves and it shows that they want to win right now. And you know what this tells me? This tells me that the Jets are going to get Aaron Rodgers. I think the Dolphins have some inside information going on there with all the reports. And if Aaron Rodgers is coming to the division, the Dolphins definitely need to bolster up that secondary in order for us to compete because there's going to be two elite quarterbacks in the division now, um, you know, with Josh Allen and Aaron Rodgers. 
So, you know, the Dolphins, they need to make moves, and they did make moves yesterday. So I like what the Dolphins did. I still want to see a little bit more moves made before the season starts, and I think they'll do that because the last year, you know, the Dolphins, you know, they're trading first-round picks to get Tyreek Hill, and, you know, they got Teron Armstead. They're getting a lot of good free agents. So it seems that they're building the team that way instead of through the draft because they haven't really had good drafts in recent memory. They're missing on a lot of players. So, you know, they're learning from their mistakes. And, you know, if we can't draft people, if we can't hit in the draft, let's just sign them. Right. I mean, I'm all about that. So, I mean, it just shows uh, good intentions where the general manager's at and that they want to win. So what do you think about that? Yeah, I think. We still have some holes on, on the Dolphins. And I say I always say we like I'm on the team, but I'm a diehard Dolphins fan. You're going to hear us talk a lot about them here on the show. Um, I want to see us build build the roster out. I think running back can be addressed in the draft. I know we're not going to have a first-round draft pick, but there's some good um, caliber running backs in the draft. You know, They might not be all-stars or all-pros in their first year, but they'll be serviceable backs. So I think we should draft a running back with our first pick in the third round or second round this year. Yeah, no, I definitely think the Dolphins, they still need to make a couple moves on offense and defense. But going back to Jalen Ramsey, you know, with the addition of him and hopefully a Xavier Howard, he kind of had a down year last year because he had a little groin problem. But hopefully, you know, that's taken care of. And if he's healthy with the addition of Jalen Ramsey and what's the say, Javon Holland, I think the Dolphins have the best secondary in the NFL, at least on paper. That's what it looks like. You got two big physical 6-1 corners, multiple-time Pro Bowl, all-pro corners. And I really like Javon Holland, too. He's quite the stud at safety. I would say he's a top-five safety in the league. So if we got two premier cornerbacks and a top safety, you know, the secondary's looking nice. So definitely, you know, the Bills and the Jets are watching, so... Yeah. They know the Dolphins, we're not playing around and we're trying to make moves. I, I like that they're kind of catering to us fans, too. You know, we've been the middle of the pack for the past 20 years, basically our whole childhood, since we've been supporting the Dolphins and watching the Dolphins. So, And I don't mean to interrupt you, but it's the same thing every year with the Dolphins. Yep, They're like 500 or a little bit above 500 or a little bit below 500, and they get the same thing every year. They're either one and done in the playoffs or they barely miss the playoffs and they get a horrible draft pick. So, you know, they either need to blow the team up and tank and try to start over or just try to build it up from free agency because we can't do it in the draft. So I like what they're doing. You know, there was good signs last year with the Dolphins. Yeah. You know, they started out 3-0. and They were looking very hot, beat the Ravens, beat the Patriots. They beat some good teams. And then it kind of went downhill when Tua got hurt. So if Tua's right and they keep continuing to sign marquee free agents, I like the Dolphins next year. Yeah, and like we were saying, you know, we've been average for the past 20 years, and you go back and look on those teams, at the star power on those teams, we didn't have, we've never had any superstars, really, when you think about it. Now when you look at this roster, there's superstars everywhere. Tyree Kill, Jalen Ramsey now, Xavier Howard's a superstar when healthy. Um Jalen Waddle is on the come up. He's on the brink, I think, of being a superstar with his breakout year last year. So it's impressive. It's a quarterback's league. It's all going to come down to Tua, but um, we beat Buffalo last year at home. 
we almost went up to Buffalo and won. So I think we can we can take Buffalo this year and take over the division. But when you throw Aaron Rodgers on the Jets, that kind of screws everything up. So hopefully that doesn't happen. All right, I like what the Dolphins are doing. Let's uh, see if they can keep it rolling, right? All righty. So moving right along, topic number two reads, UFC 286 Edwards versus Usman 3 will take place this Saturday, March 18th at the O2 Arena in London, England. Usman is looking to retain his title as the welterweight champion of the world after suffering a vicious knockout by Edwards at UFC 278. Now, there's been a couple of jabs going on on social media. So this was a post by MMA Orbit, and ESPN even reposted this on Instagram, and it showed Leon Edwards after a hard training session with a poster in the background above his head, and it shows him head-kicking Kamaru Usman to win the UFC welterweight title, and at the top of the banner, it says, protect yourself at all times. So maybe a little mind games going on here. So tell me your prediction for Usman and Edwards 3, UFC 286. I'm going to go with the favorite in this one. I'm going to go minus 240, Usman. Um, I know he got knocked out bad and might have lost his chin. You know, that's that's what people are thinking now that, you know, he might be prone to being knocked out again. But, you know, Usman's a guy, he, he's always known to p- play mind games with his opponents. Not necessarily out of the ring, like social media posts like that, but just, you know, when he gets in the ring, he gets right in your face right before the fight and is trying to intimidate you and get in your head. So I think Leon Edwards has to kind of, as a, as a competitor, as a fighter, kind of has to fire back a little bit and get in his head like, hey, don't forget, I just knocked you out. So I think that's what Leon Edwards was doing there. Um, but when you, when you step in the ring and and start the fight, I, I think uh, Usman's going to dominate on the ground again. He's going to take him down. He didn't necessarily do anything when he took him down, but he's going to go for those takedowns for the points. Um, I think they're both kind of point fighters. Mm. Usman's a wrestler. Leon Edwards is a striker, but... I can see Usman dominating on the ground and taking his belt back. Yeah, I definitely think if Usman wants to win the strap again, I think he has to fight conservative, and he can't mess around this fight. He has to take him down and just ride him out for five rounds. Yep. I don't see him finishing Leon Edwards because Leon Edwards, even though he got taken down a lot in the last fight, he had decent defense. Like Usman took him down but really couldn't do anything. Um, so that's how I see Usman approaching this fight more conservative however i got leon edwards winning and retaining his strap and the main reason is i just think he has all the confidence in the world you know he came from nothing built himself up everybody doubted him now he's the champion he was you know he was homeless too no i didn't for a while yeah so that man came from nothing and you know usman came from nothing too but you know, Leon Edwards coming from a really poor town in his country, you know, I don't think he's going to let that strap go. And I think there's good value in picking Leon Edwards at plus 200. His striking is just as good as Usman. He's fast and he's pretty strong too. And I just think he has all the confidence in the world. When he knocked out Usman and when he was staring at him after he knocked him out, 
I just think that gave him all the confidence in the world. I don't think Usman is going to recover from that knockout. I mean, he had to go to sleep every single night, you know, thinking, man, I got knocked out bad. And who knows what his chin is like after that knockout, like you were saying. I mean, that's a bad concussion. That was one of the worst knockouts I've ever seen. So right now, you know, Usman doesn't have as much confidence as Leon. And Leon never beat him before. And now Leon knows he can beat him. And he's going to be at home in London, England, in front of his fans. The adrenaline's going to be pumping. Kind of like when we saw Alexander Volkanovsky fight Islam Mahachev. Volkanovsky was at home and he was the big underdog and nobody gave him really a chance to win that fight. And I think he won the fight. I think he got robbed in that fight. I mean, you could tell the adrenaline was pumping. He wanted to win for his fans. And I kind of see the same thing happening you know, at UFC 286, I see Edwards getting super hyped for the fight, fighting in front of his fans. You know, I don't think the wrestling, I think Edwards has definitely gotten better on the ground. He improves every time we see him fight. And I just see Leon Edwards doing it again. And I'm predicting a third round KO by Leon Edwards in London, England. And I like the, I like the odds plus 200. I think there's some money to be won there. Uh, tell me your Predictions. I know you got uh, Kamal Usman winning the fight, but how do you see the fight playing out? You have a decision, round five, what? Yeah, I got a decision. That's pretty bold for you going for another knockout in round three. Um, but yeah, I think Usman's going to be conservative, like you said. Um, he's going to, you know, he's smart. He's he's learned from this, this last fight, I think. And he's just going to play conservative, take him down, still do what he does, stand up and and get his points, but I just think he'll protect himself a little bit better, like Leon Edwards suggests, to protect himself, and I think he's going to get the win, but who knows? That's why we love UFC. Yeah, we'll see what happens. That's the beauty of UFC. Uh, anything can happen. Leon Edwards, round five knockout. What was it like 50 seconds left? Knocked yeah. him out, losing the whole fight, maybe won a round. Edwards or Usman was three rounds up to one on Leon. So you never know. That's the beauty of UFC, and it's a great sport to watch. So I'm excited to see it next weekend. Absolutely. Gaethje on that card, too. Yeah, Gaethje, too. So you know that's going to be a stack card. Dana White always puts great cards together. So Absolutely. Shout out Dana White. Shout out UFC. Uh, that's why you're above boxing, in my opinion, because the best fight the best all the time. So Yeah. No no running away. No hiding. Can't, can't hide in UFC. All righty. So we're going to move right along to our final topic so topic number three donald trump's debut single tops the itunes charts can you believe that beats miley cyrus and morgan whalen for the top song donald trump's number one single it's called justice for all is a tribute to the january 6 prisoners the song is available for a dollar 29 on itunes and the and all the net proceeds will go to the january 6 families According to Breitbart News, Donald Trump also released a music video for the number one iTunes song on his true social platform. The video is a montage of clips from January 6th, and the video ends with a caption that reads, supporting certain prisoners denied their constitutional rights. So, Joe, this is crazy. Donald Trump is number one on iTunes. So, <laughs> what do you think about that? I'm not surprised. You know, Donald Trump is... He's always been in the spotlight, even when he was the president. You know, a lot of people would tune in just to 
to watch the the theatricals. You know, it, it was it's just pure entertainment when he speaks. Um, you know, and I think he has the marketing team. He knows what he's doing to to prepare for the 2024 election. You know, I don't agree with everything he's done or said, but I do like some stuff that that he talks about and, and the way he carries himself. He's all business and is always on the move. So I'm not surprised. Yeah, no politician is perfect, uh, Joe Biden or Donald Trump. And I'm probably going to get a lot of shit for saying this, but you know what this tells me? That I just think that people are sick of Joe Biden, honestly, because, and with everything Joe Biden has done, I just think people are, are sick of him. And I don't, like, for example, you have the whole Ukraine situation, and I know that's not just Joe Biden, that's all of Congress, Republicans, and Democrats. But all the money that's going to Ukraine right now, instead of helping our country, we're like the we're like the country of the whole world. Like, is Joe Biden the president of the whole world or is he the president of the United States? We need to be helping our citizens first before any countries. We don't need to be getting involved in any foreign wars. Like, you look at the homeless crisis here. You look at the border that's going on that's open, everybody's just coming in, not vetted. And then you look at, you know, like I was saying, Ukraine, you look at the homeless situation, the homeless veterans. I mean, there's so much, the infrastructure here, like you can't drive five miles without hitting a pothole. So I just think, in my opinion, and I'm probably going to get labeled some right-wing conspiracy. I'm not right-wing. I'm like for freedom. I don't like the Republicans or the Democrats. But what this tells me is that people are sick of Joe Biden and they want something else. And, you know, for Donald Trump's number one single, Justice for All, to be number one, you got to think about this, right? We got to put our thinking hats on, right? So to be the number one song, right, about January 6th, you, you can't turn on CNN or MSNBC or Fox News and all they do is talk about January 6th. And how it was the worst day in American history. They say it was worse than freaking 9-11. Yeah, so how is Donald Trump's horrible. song about January 6th since it was such an attack on our democracy? How is that the number one song? That doesn't make any sense. Yeah, that's that's a shame that they would say something like it's worse than 9-11. You know, all the all the people that lost loved ones on, on 9-11. You know, we were in elementary school when that happened. But that that just changed that changed the world completely you know, a terrorist attack here in our country. And we're still dealing with the repercussions of that today. When you go through TSA, metal detectors, you're getting patted down everywhere you go. You know, we don't give people the benefit of the doubt of, anymore of, of just keeping it cool and staying safe. So it, it's sad to what we've come to, but hopefully, you know, we we can all rally and and push for, for world peace. You know, war, wars... We don't need World War. We don't need World War Three. We need to stay away from that. Yeah. And I don't support anything that happened on January 6th. I think it was unnecessary. You know, Joe Biden is the president. He won. However, for all these news organizations to say that this was the worst attack on our democracy in history, worse than 9-11... Are you guys out of your mind? You know how many people died in 9-11? That was from a terrorist attack. 
One person died on January 6th, and it was Ashley Babbitt. She got shot by one of the Capitol Police officers. So one person died on January 6th as opposed to thousands of people dying on 9-11. I just think that's disgusting when like the people, people in the news like say, say like some reckless shit like that. I mean, it's insane. And I'm probably going to get labeled, like I was saying, some I'm not right wing. I'm not right wing. I'm, I don't support what the Republicans are doing. Mitch McConnell, Marco Rubio, Ted Cruz. I don't like none of those guys. You know, I'm for freedom. I want as less government as possible. Stay out of my life. Do the minimal amount required to run this country. And don't tell me what I have to do. Yep. So that's what this tells me. People, Trump, Donald Trump's song being number one tells me people are sick of what's happening in our government right now. And they just want change, man. All these people are like 80, 90 years old in our government these people, man, we need term limits bad. We need younger people, younger minds in there, not these old people in there, man. Like Nancy Pelosi, Mitch McConnell. I mean, these people are so old, man. It's ridiculous. Preach. <laughs> I agree. Anyway, I don't like talking about politics. We get worked up about that. We yeah. talk about politics. So anyway. All right, guys, that'll do it for our three topics of the show. And as always, we end the show with a top five ranking segment. So, Joe, I have a top five segment for you. What are your top five vacation destinations that you've been to? That's a good question. Number one, I'm going to go with Maui, Hawaii. It's beautiful over there. Volcanoes, uh, surf competitions, you know, surf professional surfers come from all over the world to surf there. Waves, um, culture over there is beautiful culture, food party uh, so i'm gonna go with maui number one number two i'll go with um that's that's tough i'll go with the bahamas number two bahamas and number two yeah that's bahamas is close to home right here in florida um mm -hmm. just a short little plane ride or boat right away have you been to pig island no <laughs> i always see that on instagram pig island so. i want to go <laughs> okay yeah bahamas beautiful you can take a cruise there um definitely recommend that um number three I'm going to go with Cancun, Mexico. Um, Mexico is on the Gulf of Mexico. Beautiful place. Um, you go there, you eat buffet tacos, you go in the jungle, you do zip lining, um, four-wheelers. Just overall great experience. Um, number four, I'll go, I'm going to say Laguna Beach, California, just strictly for the beach. I mean, California is a beautiful place. I know they got a lot of uphill battles and issues right now but southern california the weather and the beach is amazing number five i'm gonna go with i'll switch it up um i'm gonna go with nashville tennessee i want to go to nashville so bad yeah nashville is awesome you go you go downtown i went to the nfl draft there in 2019 a million people in the street um bars everywhere three four steps Story bars. They're building a new state-of-the-art football stadium. That's definitely a town you need to visit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that you know, that's a place I've wanted to go to for a long time. Nashville. Like, I'm big into country music. I love country music, and I heard all the country bars out there are amazing. So yeah, one day. <laughs> so round out, round out your top five uh, favorite destinations one more time. Maui, Hawaii, number one. Number two, Bahamas. Number three, Cancun, Mexico. Um, number four, I'm going to go Laguna Beach, Southern California. And number five is Nashville, Tennessee. 
Nice, man. I like the list. I really like it. And I got a top five question for you. All right, shoot. Sports. Who are your top five NBA players in the NBA right now? It doesn't have to be regular season. It can just be the playoffs. You're in the playoffs. You need to win a series. Who are your top five players you're going to pick? All righty. These are my top five players in the NBA right now. If I'm drafting and I have to pick right now, these are my top five. I got Giannis. I can't say his name. I got Giannis at number one. He's just a seven-footer that can do everything. And when he's hitting his jump shot, he's... Probably the best player of all time, honestly. He's Antetokounmpo. Yeah, <laughs> that. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know, Giannis, to me, is the best. He's He arguably could be the best offense and defensive player, if you put him together in the NBA, best all-around player right now. You know, the length, the size, it's hard to score on him. And, you know, vice versa, at the other end of the basket, he gets there with ease, you know? He could take two steps from half court and be at the rim, so... Yes, I really like Giannis. I think he's the best player in the NBA. I think they're going to win the championship this year. So I got Giannis at number one. And number two, I got Stefan Wardell Curry. Greatest shooter of all time. Four championships. They won the championship last year. Finals MVP. I've never seen anybody be able to shoot the basketball like him. Mid-range, three, half-court, corner threes. I mean... Full court. Full court. doesn't matter. I mean... Steph Curry is the best. He's the best shooter of all time. At number three, I got Luka Doncic. I think Luka is incredible. You know, he's very young, leading scorer in the NBA right now. He can get his shot whenever he wants. And what I love about Luka's game is he plays at his own pace. He's never sped up. He's never slowed down. He dictates the tempo and the pace of the game. So whatever pace he wants to play at, he's playing. you're pay- playing at Luka's pace. So I got Luka at number three, great passer. Um, I really think the Mavericks are going to do well in the playoffs this year. So I got Luka at number three. Number four, I probably would have this guy higher if he wasn't hurt, but I got Kevin Durant at number four, seven-foot assassin. Honestly, he can shoot from anywhere also, and you can't block his shot. It's impossible. Um, He's probably the hardest offensive player to guard in the league. I mean, he can get a shot whenever he wants. Great handle. I've never seen a seven-footer handle the ball like Kevin Durant. So Me neither. I got Durant at number four. And number five, out of respect, I'm going Nikola Jokic. Back-to-back MVP. Might win three MVPs in a row. Averaging a triple-double. Team's first place in the West. You can't deny the greatness. I mean, his game's ugly. Barely gets off the ground. But I, I love Nikola Jokic. I mean... I would want if that's how I want I would want my big man to play. Big man yes. that passes, can see everybody, physical. gets everybody open shots, can bring the ball up the court, physical, down low. Tough. And he can shoot three. So he really his game really doesn't have a weakness. So I got Nikola Jokic at number five. My honorable mentions just missed the top five, Joel Embiid and LeBron James. So to round out my top five, I got Giannis number one, Steph Curry number two. Luka Doncic, number three, Kevin Durant, number four, and Nikola Jokic at number five. That's a good list. Um, I like how you threw in the honorable mentions at the end. Joel Embiid is having an incredible year yet again and leading the Sixers to a looks like going to be the number two overall seed in the East. Yep. And LeBron James is the greatest player ever, debatably. <laughs> yeah. 
All right, guys. Well, that's going to do it for us. Thank you guys for watching, and we'll see you on the next episode. Thanks. Thanks, guys. Take care.